Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. We are uh, covered about 48 hours. Past 48 hours have been catastrophic uh, with the franchise tag deadline approaching and come and gone. Um, so we've had a busy 48 hours, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great. We got we got NFL news finally. You know, we thought it was a little bit of a dead time. You and I were actually going to record two days ago. Glad we switched that up to today because uh, the league has changed. Uh, dr- dramatically, it has changed. There's been numerous names on the move cuts releases you know signings everything you can name it's happening and uh the nfl waits for no one my friend yeah so uh to bring in our guests at this time you can catch them every week night on koa colorado and iheart radio broncos country tonight with benjamin albright and ryan edwards and we've got ryan edwards right here with us my friend how are you doing doing great guys thanks for having me absolutely we uh you know we we're we're getting closer to the draft. I think we're officially 50 days away here. So, you know, it's, it's time to start thinking about some serious, serious names here because the Denver Broncos are sitting at number nine and, you know, there's so many different avenues you can go. Obviously it depends on how the way the board is going to fall, who's going to trade up, maybe the Broncos, maybe the Broncos trade back. It's there's so many rumors going on right now, you know, nobody's really got much to talk about, but Kind of what are your feelings with the Broncos sitting there at number nine, maybe a a favorite position group of yours or or what have you? Well, I mean, a lot of people are mocking the Broncos to take a cornerback and justifiably they, they moved on from AJ Bouye. And right now your top three cornerbacks are Michael Ojemudia, who was a rookie last year in the third round. You have uh, Isang Bassey, who was an undrafted player. And then you have Bryce Callahan, who has yet to play a full season. So those are your top three cornerbacks in a league that, and especially a division, right? The AFC West, where you're facing Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. So uh, you need to be better there at cornerback. You know, it's always tough to, to judge the draft a little bit, right? Because we're sitting here right before free agency. You know, if the Broncos go out and sign two cornerbacks, two of the top cornerbacks in free agency, well, then you do give yourself some options there at number nine. You know, my preference here would be to trade back. I like the idea of trading back. I think there's there's a lot of really good depth at corner this year. I think the Broncos could even justifiably take two cornerbacks within their top 100 picks if they'd like to. Um, it, it's just a position they're going to absolutely have to address. You know, defense is, is really, for them this year, they went really heavy on the offense last year. This year, it's going to be more about the defense. They have some guys that are kind of aging out a little bit, some decisions to make it pass rush. They got some decisions to make there an inside linebacker. So really at all three levels on the defensive side, and that's why most people see in the mock drafts the Broncos going defense, more specifically corner in most mocks.
you, you saw me out there at the senior bowl. There's a little bit of a crush there. And I mean, the, the fact is, I, I think he constitutes every. And they're also a team that's really struggling getting turnovers. And he is a ball hawk back there. I mean, he, he, he just, that, that's, that's one of the things you bring in to get a guy from that. I didn't actually, I think that whole secondary out there at UCF was just really special. I, I'd even talk about Robinson if the Broncos decide to take a, a corner there on day two. Uh, there's just there's just so much talent there. But yeah, Richie Grant, you saw the talent out there. Um, he, he's just a guy that, that makes a lot of plays. I think the one kind of knock about and question about that is sometimes a little bit of the tackling gets a pretty excited about there going in for a big hit and doesn't always wrap up. But, you know, I think that's something that he can be uh, trained on. And the Broncos need to add some more playmaking ability in the secondary. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the secondary there. Sorry, guys. I don't know if you, you noticed I was having some te technical difficulties, so I, I missed out on some of the conversation. But uh, you, you mentioned the secondary, and, you know, Bronco, Broncos tagged Justin Simmons. And you were talking about the, the secondary as well, you know, the, the young corners that they got in there. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson are a pretty, pretty nice uh, safety duo there that really any team would want. And, you know, Broncos have them around for another year. You know, I'm, I'm not sure Justin Simmons really loved the idea of the franchise tag, but he is around for another year. You know, what what's kind of going forward after this year? Justin Simmons seems like he's a very, very important player to that defense. Him, Von Miller are kind of the two cornerstones of that defense that have been around for a little while here. So what is going forward here going to be the plan with Justin Simmons? And then I'll even ask you the plan for Von Miller, because there's some rumors that possibly maybe they want to move on from Von Miller. They don't want that big contract anymore. So kind of those two big cornerstone pieces for that Denver Broncos. Yeah, well, so for Von Miller, um, we, we can start there for Von Miller. I mean, at this point, I would be surprised. I'd be surprised if the Broncos didn't retain him this year. They have a, a, an option on him right now they could pick up and, you know, pay him right around 20 million this year, which, which sounds significant, but at the same time, you talk about a guy that can be a difference maker for you. You know what Von Miller is a hall of famer. So, I mean, at this point, the Broncos can afford it. Um, there was a talk earlier about maybe they'd, they'd take a look at a restructure, you know, but in the end, there's a little bit of a proven on both sides. I, I think the Broncos want to see that he can come back from his injury. Uh, I think Von Miller wants to prove that, uh, you know, the last two years, last year with the injury and the year before was sort of down production, at least in sacks. I think he wants to prove that, that he can rekindle and be back to the, the level of play that we know he's accustomed to. You know, and it's such a disappointment, too, because, you know, you, you drafted Bradley Chubb a few years ago and you got the one year of special where Von Miller and Bradley Chubb were opposite each other. The double-digit sacks on both sides. You know, both guys were very productive. And we haven't had a chance to see very much of it since then. Bradley Chubb got hurt in his sophomore season, and then Von Miller got hurt last year. So we didn't get a chance to really see it. Uh, I, I'd like to believe at this point that the Broncos, as they said, it's a priority to bring back Von Miller. He, he's not going to be having issues anymore with uh, legal matters. That's all been dismissed. So it looks like the, the deck is cleared there to keep him. Uh, as far as Justin Simmons go, uh, the Broncos, 100%, that was their number one priority coming into the offseason. They wanted to make sure not only did they retain Justin Simmons, but they got him signed to a long-term deal. I, I still expect that to happen. We even have a, a sense of it that they might even get this thing done before the draft. The, the franchise tag was, was seriously just procedural. I mean, that, that's it. It was a procedural move. They didn't want to have to do it necessarily because um, it, they're not, they're not going to make him play on it because I think there's expectation that he probably wouldn't play on it that he might hold out because this is a second franchise tag. But at this point, the Broncos, they, they labeled it as procedural. 
the intention is to get a long-term deal done because you're 100% right. He is a fa face of the franchise kind of player. And as you start to move out potentially from Von Miller, this is a guy that could be the face of that defense for many years to come. So when we look at, you know, at number nine for Denver, you said that you expect them to trade back. Um, in terms of the future of Drew Locke, though, I mean, what are the odds that maybe Denver looks to take a new guy at the helm um, if, say, a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields are waiting for them at nine? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is are those guys going to be there? And, and you have so many teams ahead of them that are rumored to be interested in quarterbacks and not to mention the teams behind the Broncos that would like to leap up and maybe take one of these quarterbacks. Um, you know, it's an interesting spot because George Payton is a new GM. You know, it's tough to know exactly what he wants to do. You know, he was rumored to be in that Matthew Stafford trade. Uh, it got a little too rich for them. There's rumors that they'd be interested in trading for Deshaun Watson if he becomes available. But again, if he doesn't become available, or at least in time for the draft, the Broncos have to move on without him. You got to make some decisions. They're going to probably bring in a veteran free agent quarterback. They might even make a trade for a Sam Darnold or a Gardner Minshew. Maybe they try to acquire Nick Foles. There's definitely some names that the Broncos could bring in as, as veteran hedges. But yeah, I mean, I think with Drew Locke, you know, it's kind of up to him. You know, he's, he's going to have to prove that, that what he can be is a lot more consistent than he was last year. You saw some flashes. You saw some things from him that were intriguing, especially in the later part of the season. He started to really click with Pat Shermer. The offense, uh, things started to seem to slow down for him a little bit. And, and, and even though in that moment there in those last few games, it started to improve, it's still not enough because they weren't winning games. He's going to have to find a way to get over the hump. He can't be statistically better, yet the team is still not getting there. Now, you can blame injuries. The Broncos had the fourth most injuries of any team last year. You can break the secondary uh, specifically for the Broncos. They were starting like CB six, seven and eight by, you know, the last game of the year. So, I mean, there's just no team that, that you're not going to get be giving up 30, 40 points a game at that point. But yeah, I think Drew Locke is going to have to, if he gets an opportunity, he's got to prove to be more consistent, but either way, I expect competition one way or another. It would be interesting to see if they trade for one of the, or they trade up in the draft to get a quarterback, or if they stay put at nine and take one of these quarterbacks, that just doesn't seem like the most prudent way to approach this, because at that point, you got to go to that quarterback. That means you're going to be moving on from Drew Locke. That means you probably scrapped whatever plan you had in free agency with quarterback. So I, I don't know. I, I sort of still feel like the plan a right now is Drew Locke. I think it's interesting, you know, <laughs> It's been it's been tough. It's been a tough go for Drew Locke. I mean, he's dealt with injuries, but my my take for Drew Locke is, you know, you you look at this division. You have Patrick Mahomes at the top. Now you have Justin Herbert and a very talented Chargers team that seems like they're going to be on the rise. You have the Raiders who are still in there. Derek Carr, in my opinion, playing like a top ten quarterback in the league. I'm not I'm not too sold on, on Drew Locke. I mean, they, they have a, a plethora of wide receivers. Anybody you could want now with the, this young core, uh, a good running back. You know, hopefully this offseason they can get the defense kind of back to where they used to be. I'm just not myself sold on Drew Locke. I don't know. I don't even know your take, Jared, on Drew Locke. But uh, it's it just seems like if they stick with him, they're probably going to be mediocre. They could be good, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to top a team like the Chargers or the Chiefs in that division. Well, I think the thing with Locke is that if he's in any other division, then he's probably sitting okay. If he's the quarterback in Washington right now, we can make the case that Washington could win the division next year mm -hmm. again. So <laughs> it's not as if he's horrible. It's just a matter of him going up against, like you said, Patrick Mahomes right. and Justin Herbert twice a year. 
So I think that he's just kind of the, the lone man out there. It's not that he, I mean, Ryan said it, I mean, he looked better down the stretch, at least in the last month of the season, he seemed to be getting better. So it's not that he's horrible. It's just a matter of Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes being on another level. So we'll, we'll see what happens with all of that. And if Drew Locke does end up being the quarterback of the Washington football team, just know I said it first. <laughs> Ryan Edwards, my friend, appreciate you coming on. Yangling enthusiast, Ryan Edwards. Appreciate you talking to us today, buddy. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. All right. well, well, I always appreciate some good, uh, some good Broncos talk. We did have our yeah, friend, we, we had our friend Zach Taylor on uh, earlier, or Zach Stevens, sorry, my bad, uh, earlier in the year about midway through to, to talk about, you know, the Broncos when they were going on their little losing stretch. But, uh, you yeah, know, we did. It's, it's it's always a good time to, to show some love to every team. You know, we, we try not to focus too much on, on just one team here at Laces Out. I'm going to send yeah. Ryan a case of yingling. I promise. There it is. Now, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Now, and, and Zach, Zach's a good dude. We have him on the show often. And I mean, just very quickly on, on Drew Locke, right? I mean, you were talking about the concerns. I mean, they're, they're all warranted, right? I mean, yeah. it, he just, he didn't do enough. Like there, there's no, there's no way around that. And um, I mean, the fact is it's like, okay, well, you just have to look at kind of the rest of the investment options. So are you going to go, you know, are you going to try to go get Ryan Fitzpatrick? Does that, I mean, that, that's, that's a placeholder, right. For maybe a drafted quarterback. Um, you know, I mean, Andy Dalton, you know, there's not like a, a free agent that just screams mm-hmm. like, okay, well this changes everything for you. Um, so now, you know, if you can go trade for Deshaun Watson, well, great. That, that, that will change everything. But again, you're giving up at least three first, right. Probably three day twos. You're giving up Bradley Chubb. You're going to give up, you know, so many, so much talent on your team. So it's that. And then, and then if you go to the drafted quarterback, you're kind of starting back from a little bit of a square one. Like what, what if the, this quarterback takes a, a year or two to get there, you know? And um, it's like I said, it, you know, sometimes people mistake this as like a, a full belief in Drew Locke as in like Drew Locke is, is going to no question get there. I don't think anybody really knows that, but you know, if he works this off season and he shows consistency with Pat Shermer, something he didn't get a chance to see last year, I don't know. I, I, I think that the guy's got some fire and I think he's got some talent. So we'll see. Well, with, that's the other thing that kind of makes me scratch my head when it comes to the trade, like as a whole, I mean, if you're the Texans, you're getting an unbelievable haul in return. Clearly he doesn't want to be there. At least, you know, you can just hit reset and you're going to have a lot of capital to at least work with at that point. You know, you're going to get, like you said, if they do, let's say they do do this trade with the Broncos, you're going to get Bradley Chubb three ones, a few twos, like you're going to get a lot of stuff in return. I just don't see the whole point in holding Deshaun Watson hostage when clearly he's made, he doesn't want to be there, especially right. when you can send him to a team and get so much in return. Right. It's never yeah. made sense to me. I think something too is, you know, everybody says Deshaun Watson is a perfect fit for the Jets. I don't think so because you, you trade, if you're Deshaun Watson and you get traded to the Jets, you're not much happier than you were at Houston. I mean, right. you're, you're setting the team back probably by trading for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You get a franchise quarterback, but now you have no capital to build around him. That's 100%. why Denver kind of makes perfect sense to me. If you want to use that word perfect, because yeah, you're going to give up a lot of draft capital, but Denver, yeah, there are a few pieces away, but quarterback, you put him in with those wide receivers, with that running back, with those tight ends, with a, a actual defense that can, can stop teams. Unlike the Houston Texans, that's a completely different team. So if it does yeah. happen, I think Denver would be the perfect spot, in my opinion. But that's the no, thing, Den- Kurt. If Denver they would be do, cool. 
if they do trade for him, though, at that point, they're going to be losing Bradley Chubb. And Brian already pointed out they're starting you and I at cornerback right now, and they're not going to have the, the yeah. draft resources to bring him in. You know, I'm I'm all for being in win now mode. And if it costs you a few draft picks, then that's fine for the greater good, especially for a guy like Deshaun Watson. At the same time, though, when you have glaring needs on the defensive side of the ball, you know, your, your quarterback and your offense can only do so much. If if they win 10 games a year, it's going to be, you know, 40 to 37 shootouts. So mm-hmm. is that going to work long term? Is it going to work in the playoffs? Probably not. But it depends on how things would be able to work in free agency, what their cap would look like. I don't know, Ryan. I don't know if you know what their cap situation is right now in terms of the rest of the league. No, they're, 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 in, they're in good shape. They're in good shape with their cap. Um, you know, they got about 30 million or so left right now um, after uh, tagging Justin. So they, they've, they're, they're, they're in pretty good, pretty good shape there. I mean, but that, that's the thing is like, okay, the, the argument for is clearly everything you said about the, the offense, as long as you're not having to strip down too much or give too much over the Texans. Like if they ask for Jerry Judy, you know, that, that's been kind of the debate here is like, okay, well, what if they come for your best player on both sides of the ball? And then it's like, okay, well, I mean, you can get away. Cortland Sutton's got one more year left. So you, you know, then are you going to have enough money to pay him next year? If you're paying Deshaun Watson, you're paying all these other guys. Um, and then, you know, the argument for also is on the defensive side, you know, you have Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive minds. You know, he made the Broncos were the number one red zone defense in the league last year, despite missing eight starters at one point. That's insane. Like that, that's absolutely insane. Now they were one of the worst teams in take takeaways. Um, and then they obviously were one of the worst teams. They were the worst team in overall uh, turnover margin. But I mean, the, the fact is Vic Fangio can coach that side of the ball. And, and so you just lean on the fact that he could find talent diamonds in the rough. You could, you could patchwork the defense together. And as long as the offense is humming, but again, you're, you're, you know, you're giving up the farm, you're giving up your, you know, your future draft stock and, George Payton just got here. So, like, is that, you know, you, you make this swing. You, you swing for the fences. You get to Sean Watson. You know, if it doesn't work out or, you know, you, you end up, uh, you know, struggling because you have no depth, then people are going to say, well, it was a good idea, but, you know, this. And so it, 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 there's a little bit of a double-edged sword there. But anyways, I appreciate the time, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, bud. Take care, buddy. It's good talking to you again. Yep. Later. Thanks, Ryan. I like our little encore there with Ryan. We, we we sent him off, and he just couldn't get away. Well, we had mentioned Drew Locke, and I know that him and Ben, you know, at least on the Broncos country, that Broncos fans, man, they just uh, – they had a lot of high hopes last year. I mean, I thought that they were going to do, you know, at least be in the race for a wild card spot. Um, and then Drew Locke goes down against Pittsburgh with the AC joint. And then, you know, Von Miller goes down like the day before the season starts. Yes. They lose Cortland Sutton for a little bit. It was just a whole mess of stuff going on for them last year. So I don't know. It's uh, one of those situations where has Drew Locke struggled? Well, obviously, I mean, the, that was his first full season as a starter and he didn't even get to have that because of injury. So it's uh it's a toss up. Um, but and a lot of that has to do with the division that he's in and why Denver seems to be struggling so much because they're going up against, you know, the best quarterback in the league and the best young quarterback. And well, I can't say Patrick Mahomes is an old quarterback. You get the point. Justin Herbert's <laughs> fantastic too. Yes. So it's, it's a bad situation to be anybody else besides Kansas city and Los Angeles and the AFC West. It is. It's like, like you said earlier, he's not necessarily a bad player. He's not quote unquote, a bust. But at, at Drew Locke's best, is he going to be better than Justin Herbert? Probably, yeah, probably not. not. Is he going to be better than Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. So <laughs> it's it's just a tough situation. And you can even say 
at Drew Locke's best, is he better than Derek Carr? I don't know. Derek Carr had a phenomenal year last year. He doesn't have a ton of help. I love Derek Carr. I really do. I, I think he's a very <laughs> hated on player, and I think he's I think he's underrated too. Um, but it's just you know tough to, tough division, tough conference too. AFC's you know not the place you want to be if you want to make a run. NFC's the place you want to go. But uh, can you imagine an AFC West with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr? Oh that that would have very solid ground to stand on as the best division in terms of quarterback play ever ever yes absolutely absolutely that would be that would be a lot of fun i I really who knows who knows because after after these past two days and after what is most likely going to come i am not going to be surprised about anything in the nfl right now yeah a lot of stuff going down uh as the franchise tag deadline came and went the bears franchise tagging Allen robinson which unfortunately well, here's the thing there. I wouldn't be totally surprised if this is sort of like a tag and trade type thing. I, I would be very surprised if Allen Robinson plays another down in Chicago. It's it, my, my thing with Chicago is I think ownership and management are saying, this is it. This is our last shot. We are going all in, all in this year. You know, if they end up trading for Russell Wilson, even better, but you know, this is their last shot. I think, I think after this year, if they struggle, I'm not talking about squeaking into a wild card. Like they did this past year, actually winning games, actually owning their opponents moving forward. If that doesn't happen, I think they clean house. They, they, I know bears fans don't want to hear, but I think you restart and try again because this quarterback dilemma with Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky going back and forth is not working. You know, we, we thought maybe Nick Foles would come in and maybe provide some kind of positive vibes for the team, but it did not happen. And Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. He has a game where he, he absolutely goes off. That does not mean that he's the franchise quarterback. This, this team is just kind of stuck, but I really think that this year might just be, we're going to send it for this year. We're, we're going to hope for the best. And if it doesn't pay out, then we're just going to restart. Yeah. For Seattle though. I mean, we've talked about it on here before that $56 million yes. dead cap hit. If they do trade Russell Wilson and um, yeah, that's big. Now, what were, who are the teams that Russell Wilson had listed as possible? Uh, I know that the bears, were one of them, Dallas is one of them, but obviously that's a no go anymore. Mm-hmm. Was a, uh, was one of them the Jets by chance? No, it was the Bears, the Saints, the Saints. Cowboys, and who am I missing? There's one more. I could have sworn the Jets were on it, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't. Eh, I don't know. We probably probably should know this, but that's okay. We're, I mean, that's okay thinking, too. We're, we're, we're thinking just on the fly. On the here. fly. Uh, but um, see, I'm looking it up. What, well, let me put a trade teams. All right, let's see. He's got okay. Saints, Cowboys, Raiders, Bears. Raiders, Raiders yes. Are missing okay, team. that's right. Which, if you're Seattle, out of those four teams, if you're, you know, Cowboys are off the table now with the, the new extension, but out of those four teams, if you're going to make a trade, the Raiders would probably be the best one because you at least get Derek Carr back. You at right. least get a serviceable quarterback back in the trade. But like we said, I mean, that, that dead cap hit is, is scary if you're if you're the Seattle front office. Well, if you're the Seattle front office as well, I mean, that's the hard part about the, the list of teams he gave. If he gave a list that involved the team in the top three, 
maybe you're a little bit more open to it because yeah, that dead cap sucks, but you're going to get, you're going to draft one of those guys, one of those quarterbacks, whether it be, you know, Lance Fields or if Wilson slips out of the top two. So it's uh, their defense is horrible. Um, it's man, they're just in a really weird space where they're just very, very too much reliant on Russell Wilson. And, you know, if they were to lose without Russell Wilson, Seattle could very well be maybe a three win team. I love Pete Carroll. I mean, he's a great coach, but my goodness, they just have no talent on that, on that, on the defensive side of the ball besides Jamal Adams. Um, and you could probably make the case for uh quadri digs as well, but up front they have, it was, it was abysmal last year. It was. And yeah, they're, they're just kind of stuck. You know, they're, they're in a weird position where you have a lot of money tied up to the quarterback and I'll get into that after our little break when uh, we talk right. about the Dak Prescott, but it's just, you move on from Russ. You really, this is, this is your window because of the, the young talent that you have on offense and DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the great weapons you have, but there's a lot of holes to fix on that defense too. So it's not just a, we'll, we'll plug and play. We'll sign this guy. We'll sign this guy and plug him in and we'll be a contender for the Super Bowl. They need a lot more than just a couple of pieces that they can mm-hmm. plug in and play. Yeah. Well, I'll see what happens with that going forward, obviously, but yeah, let's take a little break. Here's a word from anchor. Listen to laces out. Hey, what's up everybody. This is Jared Bailey from laces out. If you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use anchor and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homicer with you. Big thank you to Ryan Edwards from KOA Colorado Broncos Country tonight. Uh, joining us in that last segment to talk a little bit about Denver with us. But uh, obviously, Kurt, the biggest newsworthy event taking place over the past few days, uh, Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott reach an agreement on a long-term deal. Uh, makes him the richest NFL player in history, if I'm not wrong, in terms of one contract. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm just glad that this is over, just so that we don't have to talk about it anymore. Who's going to be the Cowboys quarterback? It's, it, it was always going to be Dak. Uh, numbers is not surprising, but I, I already know what you're going to say. We haven't talked about this yet. Um, but I, I, I want to hear, I want to hear your take on, on the big chunk of change that, uh, Dak Prescott's getting, uh, and, and please note he's getting $66 million just to write his name on a piece of paper, $66 million signing bonus, just to write his name in cursive on a piece of paper with a pen. How much is it? 126 million guaranteed, yes. something absurd like that. Yes. So he he could retire today and he'd be chilling. So look, Dak Prescott is a fine quarterback. Dallas is going to look very nice in the passing game, going seven and nine for the next four seasons. And and it's nothing against Dak. It's not his fault that they were losing last year. I mean, he was doing the best he could. Not his fault that Ezekiel Elliott can't hold on to a football. Not his fault that his defense can't stop anybody. It's just a matter of fact now that how the hell are you going to afford any help on the defensive side of the ball? Mm-hmm. He's taking up such a big chunk of that cap now. 
it'll come out to the first year of the deal. I think it's paying him $42.4 million in the first year, which is absurd. So, I mean, good luck finding help and at least elite help. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to on top of the fact that they're already paying Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and Demarcus Lawrence. Yes. So combine all those big contracts and uh, good luck finding anybody that is proven and a veteran and free agency or anything like that. Cause you're not going to be able to now. We, we know that Jerry loves to throw around his money and, and flex that he has all that money, but now is not the time to do it, Jerry. You, you, you gave Ezekiel Elliott a boatload of money to be a running back and fumble the ball five times a game. You gave a boatload of money to Amari Cooper, who he's not a top five wide receiver. I don't, you know, he's probably top 10, but you gave a boatload of money to him. And now you paid your quarterback a boatload. And I mean, an absolute shipload of money. Oh, wordplay. The, the Dallas Cowboys have a good quarterback, like you said, and their passing offense was phenomenal last year when he was healthy. Dak was still leading the league and, and passing yards and, and touchdowns, not leading the league, but leading a, a lot of starting quarterbacks, guys who started 16 games. He was leading them, and he only played, what, four weeks? He he can sling the ball and he can score points, but he's going to have to score a lot of points if they want to beat teams because his defense is going to give up a lot of points. So. Dallas just really has to hope and pray that they hit on these draft picks and they can keep guys under contract for a long time under rookie deals and, and just hope for that. Because other than that, you know, I think, I think Zeke has an, uh, a potential opt out or the team does after 2023 or after 2022 going into the 2023 season. So you're stuck with him for a few more years. It's just, I don't, I don't love, I tweeted it out. This was kind of what I was referencing earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Teams that pay their quarterbacks huge amount of monies, they don't really usually win Super Bowls. When was the last time a quarterback that was getting a ton of money, maybe when was the last time there's a quarterback who was the highest paid player on the team that won a Super Bowl for a team? Tom Brady wasn't. Tom Brady always took a pay cut so that his team would be better. He was smart the last guy I was doing, I was looking it up last guy was maybe Joe Flacco. And I think he was making around 20, which at the time was big, but how, how can a team, you know, obviously these guys deserve the money, but I'm looking from a Bills fan standpoint, Josh Allen is due to get paid next year. You need to wait out, wait out as long as you can go all in while you can right now, while he's still cheap. And then once you have to sign him, you're going to have to make some cuts. We, we saw the Bills cut John Brown today. That's that's a big name that they had to cut. You sign Josh Allen to a $40 million deal, you're going to have to cut guys like Stephon Diggs. You're going to have to cut those high-paid players because you just can't afford them anymore. So Dallas, you got your quarterback. That's great. You're probably not going to win a Super Bowl because you're paying that quarterback so much money. For the sake of Buffalo, let's hope that Josh Allen realizes that and doesn't demand something like $40 million a year. Mm -hmm. Not to say that he's not worth a big contract. Obviously, he is. But for their sake, let's hope he's willing to take, you know, $33, $34 million Mm -hmm. a year. Because you look at this list, you know, it starts at the top. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, $45 million a year. Now Dak's sitting at $40. Uh, Deshaun Watson, after his new deal, is $39. 
Russell Wilson, 35, Aaron Rodgers, 33 and a half. And then we get into, we got Jared Goff making 33 and a half million dollars a year. Kirk Cousins is making $33 million a year. Carson Wentz, 32. Matt Ryan, 30. Ryan Tannehill, 29 and a half. So I just, it boggles my mind. It really does. Um, just the fact that people don't seem to notice the trend because it's an obvious trend. The fact that when you pay quarterbacks ginormous amounts of money, and then you wonder why you have no money to get elite talent or at least enough elite talent to compete with whatever team Tom Brady's on because he only takes, you know, 14, $15 million a year and leaves a lot of money left over to be spent. And yeah, it's the, the, you, you mentioned all those names that are at the top of the list, the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilson, obviously now Patrick Mahomes, but to reference my point from earlier, let's go back in the history books here and look at the past Super Bowl champions throughout the years. Last, obviously, this year, Tampa, uh, Tom, I just said Tampa Bay, Tampa. and I hate myself so much for saying that. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, um, he, he historically, his entire career, he's taken a cheap contract. Not cheap, but cheap for his standards as being the best quarterback in the league. Year before that, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was still on his rookie deal. He was still cheap then, and he was the best quarterback in the league. Year before that, New England, Tom Brady, like we said. Year before that, Philadelphia with Nick Foles. Obviously, they had Carson Wentz before that, but Nick Foles was in there. Then, then who do we got? We got New England, like I gave, said. I'm pretty sure that was before they gave Wentz that big deal, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yep, it was. It, it was. So they Philadelphia there, New England, Denver. I looked. Peyton Manning's contract was, I think, $22 million a year, which is, for Peyton Manning, possibly one of the greatest to ever do it. That's not a lot of money. And these teams, going forward, need to learn – your quarterback's going to ask for a lot of money. That doesn't mean that you need to pay him a lot of money. You need to convince him that, hey, you take, you know, five, ten million dollars off of what you're asking, and we can help you out a lot. We can get you a Super Bowl ring. We can buy you can still buy a big fancy car, but that car is going to look so much nicer with a big Super Bowl ring from that, you know, wide receiver that we got you with that extra ten million dollars we saved. So it drives me nuts. And I really, really hope like you said, that Josh Allen understands that. And I think he will because, I mean, he's, he's even said he wants to spend the rest of his career in Buffalo. And obviously the Bills want to keep him around. So hopefully, like you said, you know, maybe around that 35, that would be beautiful for me. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, even then, though, they can convert a lot of what originally would go into the deal. I mean, let's say, you know, he wants 40. I would say, okay, how about 35? We just give that extra five to you as part of the signing bonus. At least. True, yeah. So – and a lot of it can be incentive laced and whatnot as well, but it's, I just think that a lot of quarterbacks need to take a look at the pattern, especially the young ones coming up, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's one of the, you know, Justin Herbert soon, um, just Lamar look at Jackson. what's happening. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson as well. Jackson, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, all of these guys, you know, just take a look at what happens to, to teams like that. Deshaun Watson just won five games, not the, the Texans won five games after you know they gave up every good player on their team but that's beside the point um the fact is is that you know you look at you know jared goff and the rams okay well they couldn't afford to keep his offensive line because they overpaid everybody and then what happened and jared goff didn't have enough time to throw and they they weren't as good Kirk cousins took up a lot of money as well what has minnesota really done besides that one really good playoff run where they beat new orleans and 
and uh, and the Superdome. So it's, you know, I hope that guys like this take notes and realize, okay, if I take a little bit less, you know, I'm still making a hell of a lot of money. If you want a ring, I mean, that's a sacrifice you got to make. Yeah, and it, I mean, it is tough. You know, you flip it to the other side. You, you, from their standpoint, I mean, what if somebody told you, hey, Jarrett, we're going to offer you $5 million less. Will you take it, please? Pretty please? I mean, it's it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, 100%. come on. You're making you're making all this money. Just take a, a deal for the team. But you got to realize, I mean, these guys are – this is what they do for a living. They, they want to provide for their family. They want to provide for themselves. So – you can't blame them, but at the same time, you know, smart teams, smart teams win championships and get those rings. Yeah. And I'm never going to pretend to be a player. No, it goes inside their mind, but I do know that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are seven and 19 against teams with winning records when he's the starting quarterback. So what's Ouch. the, what is really the difference with him? You know, you're slightly better. You can be a verge playoff team and then get eliminated in the wild card round. I don't want to pay $40 million for that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and that's it's- nothing against Dak Prescott. Um, but I don't, he's not worth being paid the second highest money in terms of quarterbacks. He's he's not worth it, but I feel like Dallas had to do it because. Why did Dallas have to do it though, Kurt? I mean, honestly speaking, are they a Super Bowl team right now, even with Dak Prescott? No, no. But if you let him walk, what are you going to do? You're going to take a risk on on a, on a quarterback in the draft. You're going to sign. There's no good free agents. You're going to trade for Russell Wilson. Maybe, but I'm stuck because Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. He's not a $40 million quarterback. And it's, it's a, if it, it's a difficult situation to deal with, but it's done. It, it's done. It's over. Jerry's Jerry's happy. He's, he's smiling. I watched the press conference today. He is a happy, happy man. But um, if it were a different situation where Dallas didn't already have four other huge contracts to worry about yeah, on top of Dax, then that's one thing. Okay. That's fair. But the fact that you already paid Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, and I are giving that much money to Dak Prescott, there's not really a lot left of the share to go around. Yes, it's – I don't know. I, I don't think they win a Super Bowl until they, they get rid of the the Lawrence and the, the, the Zeke contract. I, I've never really been on, on the on the side of paying running backs big money, but, you know, that's why I'm not in control of an NFL franchise. But the uh, the cap number – for 2021 has officially been announced. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. $182.5 million is the official cap for NFL teams for 2021 going forward. And we saw a lot of movement. Uh, I think teams panicked a little bit and saw, okay, we kind of knew around the area that the number was going to be, but now we saw it. So let's start shedding some contracts. And my friend, I'm going to read off some of the bigger names that just got released today. Um, And this is this is made to be a very fun offseason because we got guys like Carlos Dunlap, Malcolm Butler, Kevin Zeitler, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Alex Smith, our guy, Golden Tate, Kyle Rudolph, you name it. These guys have, have been on the move. And uh, like I said, I think once free agency opens, it is going to be extremely interesting to see how these guys maybe take a one-year short deal to, to wait until next year and teams kind of – do the math to get these guys fitting fitting in and under the cap. Yeah, and then other guys who didn't get franchise tag, Kenny Galladay is going to be a free agent, but Dupree's going to be a free agent. So there's there's a lot of guys out there who are difference makers and are going to be on new teams next year. So um, it's going to be fun, and I'm excited for it. Um, you know, when you look at where these different pieces could fit, 
and where the different, you know, different places that make sense. You know, there's definitely guys who are going to be trying to chase a ring um, and make an immediate difference. You know, Emmanuel Sanders comes to mind right away. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in a place like Green Bay where he could be a very good complimentary piece to Devontae Adams. Um, no, a, solid slot receiver. A, a, a little tiny note here. Yes, the Bills did just release John Brown, but they said moments, minutes before they, they traded for Stefan Diggs last March, they were very close, very close to, to um, getting Emmanuel Sanders. So the interest is there. I don't necessarily think that's the route they want to go because they did just release John Brown. But if it is a cheaper deal, which I think we're going to see a lot, like I said, it's going to be guys that say, all right, I'll come in for one year. I'm going to chase a ring. I'm going to take a cheap deal. I'm going to make it till next year. And next year I'll get paid because, you know, maybe not for guys like Emmanuel Sanders. He's past his prime. But, you know, you look at a guy like Kevin Zeitler or a guy uh, who's another young guy that got released. One of those guys that comes in, takes a one-year deal, and just waits until next year to get paid big time. It could be a guy like Bud Dupree who goes into yeah. a team, whether it be like a Green Bay, whether it be even a Buffalo who says, look, you know, the cap is lower. I'll take a one-year deal because, you know, I feel like you guys just need our missing piece away, and I could be that piece. Let's go chase a ring. And if it's if it's successful, then great. We get a ring. If you want to give me a long-term deal and I like it here, then sure. If not, I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I think that we could see a lot of that. I mean, you look at a guy like Kenny Galladay as well, who's going to be a free agent. We'll see what his market is. Um, I think it would almost be beneficial for Kenny Galladay to find, you know, a decently paying one-year deal, wait for that cap to rise, hopefully spend the year not injured and show what he can do and then have his market, his stock value go up. But um, yeah, because because yeah, remember, I mean, Kevin, Kenny Galladay is only 27 years old, so he takes a one year deal. He comes out, he'll, he'll be 28 by then by this time next year. 28. I mean, you you can sign a, a three four year deal where you're getting paid if he if he plays well, if he stays healthy, you can sign a three four year deal where you're getting paid nine ten million dollars a year. I think Kenny Galladay is worth it when he's healthy. And that's the big question about him, though, is, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Um, where do you think would be, you know, a solid spot for Kenny Galladay right now? Because obviously there's going to be teams who are looking for either, you know, a solid number one or a really, really good number two. I mean, I think Kenny Galladay is a number one, but, mm-hmm. you know, there are teams out there that I'm sure will attract that he will attract where he might not be the number one option. A team that stuck out to me. And it won't happen because they don't have the quarterback. If Washington had a quarterback, man, him and Terry McLaurin, yeah, that would be yes. a hell of an upgrade over any other receiver that they got on that roster. That, yeah, I mean, a team like that would make perfect sense. But I'll, I'll, I'll throw Baltimore out there. I think Baltimore is, you know, they they have Marquise Brown and they drafted him to be the number one guy. But I just, I don't, I, I don't think he is. He doesn't have the size. He's, he's a good wide receiver. He could be a good number two, a good guy in the slot, but. I think you, you you put Kenny Galladay in that offense and you give Lamar Jackson somebody to throw to. I'm not saying Lamar is going to light up the world passing-wise, but it's definitely going to help. It's going to give him another red zone target besides Mark Andrews, who's the only guy he looks towards in the end zone. Yeah, And then you put Marquise Brown on the outside and just say, hey, burn him down the sidelines, see what you can do, and maybe get that potential that we've been waiting for. But I think I think we see – the the Ravens definitely look heavy towards the wide receiver and just weapons in general this offseason. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that either. It wouldn't surprise me if they take a wide receiver in the first round either. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they, they could probably do with a little bit of help either at the guard position or off the edge. Um, but obviously wide receiver has been a big problem for them. Um, you know, with Marquise Brown and then who the hell is, is a Willie Sneed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not as if, and it's no disrespect to Willie Sneed, but he's not exactly, if he's your wide receiver too, that's not exactly where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could, we could see John Brown end up back in Baltimore. He spent a year there. I don't, I mean, again, I, I don't think he's, I think Kenny Galladay makes the most, most sense because he's a proven, he can be a number one wide receiver. Uh, you know, John Brown's on the back nine of his career, but he's still talented when he's healthy. So it's going to be, you know, I think Baltimore is a team to watch because like we were just talking about with the quarterbacks, now's the time to do it. Lamar Jackson is on your rookie deal. Once you're going to have to pay him big money, you're going to lose out on, on the big, you know, your, your safety or your, uh, your secondary duo there. I mean, and, and Marlon Humphrey, these guys are not going to be able, you're not going to be able to afford them. So go in now. I don't know if Lamar Jackson can necessarily win a Super Bowl by himself, but now's the time to build around him. Now's the time to give him the talent and the tools to get there. I know he can't. He, he <laughs> I, can. I know how you feel about Lamar. It's okay. I mean, that's fine. He can run all around in the regular season. That's fine. Eventually you got to make a throw to win a game. Yes. So now I'm not, until he improves his throwing mechanics and proves that he can be a better, more consistent, and accurate thrower, I'm not worried about Baltimore. They can win 11, 12 games in the regular season. Put them up against Kansas City. That's their kryptonite. Hell, put them up against Pittsburgh. We saw what he what Pittsburgh did to him. Put them up against Buffalo. Times. We saw. Put them up happened. against Buffalo. Exactly. <laughs> so to me, right now. Baltimore doesn't scare me that much. They really don't. I mean, in terms of teams in the AFC that would scare me, Kansas City, obviously, Buffalo, maybe not so much Pittsburgh anymore, at least not right now, unless something drastic happens where they get, you know, a little bit better on the offensive line and another edge guy now that Bud Dupree isn't there. But I'll give give you, I'll give, I'll give you my, my very extremely early teaser for, one of my favorites coming out of the AFC possibly, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Great coaching staff, young team, trading for Carson Wentz, and oh, wait, they still have $46 million in cap space to, to spend this offseason. This offseason where we say these, these really talented guys are going to take one-year deals. You look at the Colts, that's an attractive spot if you're a guy like Kenny Galladay because like Kenny Galladay, Holmes on the way exactly. out. and. I, th- I think the Colts, if Carson Wentz, he doesn't necessarily have to go back to his MVP season mm-hmm. where he was going to win MVP before he tore his ACL, but you just got to be better than Phillip Rivers, and I think he can definitely do that. Yeah, I mean, you look – I mean, what's to say that the Colts don't sign Kenny Galladay and then trade for Allen Robinson? They got the money to do it. Sheesh. I mean, that would be one hell of an offseason for a team getting your franchise quarterback and two very, very good receivers on top of a really good defense already. So – I, I I'm think, excited for the Colts. I am. I, I think, you know, as fun as it is to say, you know, trade for Allen Robinson, sign a guy like Kenny Galladay. I think they only really, really need one guy because they have Michael Pittman who came around as a pretty solid, reliable wide receiver who could maybe even step into that number one wide receiver position uh, as a rookie. You got Zach Pascal, friend of the show, friend of the show. Um, Paris Campbell, you know, nothing. very fast guy. Yes, nothing to, to bat your eyes at, but yeah, he, he's got the speed. But let's say you just bring in, let's say they bring in Kenny Galladay. You stick him in, T.Y. Hilton is most likely going to hit free agency. They're not going to re-sign him, it looks like. You bring in Kenny Galladay, that's an upgrade over T.Y. Hilton. Then you got Jonathan Taylor in there who 
could possibly, I would argue, be the best back in the league in the next coming years. Within five yeah. years, I would not be surprised at all. He's got the best offensive line in the league. The guy is insanely talented. I don't think you need to trade for a guy like Allen Robinson and sign Kenny Galladay. I think you sign Kenny Galladay. You need to get some guys that can get pressure on the quarterback because that defense was good. It wasn't great. You got you bring in a guy that can get pressure on the quarterback. This team, this team is a legit Super Bowl contender. I'm excited for free agency. I'm excited for the draft. And we are going to keep gearing our way toward free agency as we are what now? One week. We are 17th. Five, 17th is when it starts. Five days, teams can start talking to players. So we are – it's sneaking up on us. The NFL has no offseason. No, um, not at all. And neither do we as we're going to keep doing this all offseason long, heading up uh, into the regular season of 2021. And we're glad to have you all along with us because if we didn't have anybody that listened to us, then we would be doing this for a lot of no reason. So we would just be talking to ourselves, which we could do over text. So we appreciate we everybody listening to us and giving us this platform to talk about football. That we do. So before we wrap it up, Kurt, where can they find you on Twitter? You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Homiser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Um, you know, all, all my articles, any podcasts that I do, any, I, I've been on a couple radio shows here and there. So if that ever comes up, uh, you know, now that the season's starting to wrap rank up a little bit here, uh, find me on there. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy this off season together. Definitely enjoy free agency because I think the bills are going to be busy. And I think a lot of other teams are going to be very busy. So find me on there. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Bailey NFL, anything Steelers related, anything NFL related, anything Vampire Diaries related. Find me at Jay Bailey NFL. I finished Vampire Diaries a few days ago and it was an emotional 2 a.m. scene for yours truly. Do I'll not say that do much. not look at my Twitter if you want Vampire Diaries because that will never, ever, ever be found on my Twitter. Because Kurt doesn't know good TV. <laughs> So again, at J Bailey NFL, at Kurt Homiser 88. We appreciate y'all listening. Thank you for tuning in to Laces Out. We will catch you guys next week as free agency begins. So tune in for all the big reactions after you know, the first couple of days of free agency. We'll be here to bring it to you right here on Laces Out. We'll see you then. See you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.